Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, it's game day from La Belle Provence. The Ottawa Senators are in Montreal looking to make it eight straight wins over the Canadiens. And with Travis Hamannick potentially out of the lineup with an upper body injury, how should the Ottawa Senators line up their decor? We'll get into all that with a game day preview. Plus, Bob McKenzie has unveiled his mid-season NHL draft rankings, so we're going to put a couple names onto your radar that could be targeted by the Senators. All that's coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senators Podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 965 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Biller up in the Blue Mountains, you can follow the show. We're on social media at Send Central on Twitter, LockedOn.Senators on Instagram, the show is free and available on all podcast platforms, including on YouTube, where a like, comment, and subscription go a long way to helping the show grow. Bienvenue to all the habitants, friends out there. We know you hate watch this. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Today is Tuesday, January 23rd, and Pillsy. The mom's trip is still going on, and I've got a good feeling about the game against the Habs. Yeah, I mean, anytime you can go up against a team that you have beaten, what, Ross, seven times in a row? Seven? You got a good feeling that you can at least uh, do some damage here up against the Montreal Canadiens in their own barn in Montreal with the moms in attendance. So, look. The Ottawa Senators may be where they are in the standings. I'm going to say that before the Habs fans start commenting already. Look look at the standings. Look at the standings. That's fine. But we still get up for these games. There's still a fierce rivalry here. The Montreal Canadiens obviously are aware of this rivalry and felt the need to call up some reinforcements for this game. And the Ottawa Senators, we're, we're here for it. I mean, it's going to be exciting hockey one way or another. And... Having uh, Arbor Jack guy in the mix just adds a, a different sprinkle of excitement here. As I said at the end of yesterday's show, let's just hope he's not like Brendan Gallagher and waits till it's down 5-1 with three minutes left to be the toughest guy in the arena. Now, Arbor Jack guy's played three career games against Ottawa. He's minus five with two penalty minutes, no fights. He fought in preseason against Ottawa. He fought in the AHL against Belleville. And in the summer rookie tournament, he fought and knocked out a guy who has never signed and never found his name on a legitimate NHL game sheet for the Senators. All due respect to that player, but Pilsy, that is the least of the Senators' concern. What the Ottawa Senators need to be focused on is playing the same way that they did last Thursday when they beat the wheels off of this Montreal Canadiens team. They scored first, they doubled their lead, and they did not let their foot off the gas pedal. They need to bring that same energy on the road with them at the Bell Center. For all the chirps that we throw at the Habs, it's the best arena in the league to watch a game on the road. The vibes are always, it it just feels like it means a little something extra 
in Montreal. So what I'm hoping is that they are so far into this jack-eye storyline that the Habs themselves fall into that trap and start running around. Because if you talk to Habs fans, they're always like, oh, the dirty senators. They always do all these things that are so greasy. You know, they're, Tim they're always diving, rent-free, blah, blah, blah. No fan base talks about the refs more than Habs fans as well. Like the big accounts out there that are either podcasting sometimes or maybe now they just write. Those people are always talking about the refs. And to me, it's not a fun way to do it. How long do we spend on the refs in the Philly game when that gong show call? 10 seconds. We mention it, but Habs fans love talking about the refs. So that aside, power play needs to be better. The power play is on such a funk right now. If the power play contributes, if they get good goaltending, this should be two points in the bag for Ottawa. But, Ross, on the other hand, the penalty killing seems to be doing a little at least better than the low bar it's been at. So, at least, Ross, if if one side of special teams is struggling, you want the other to kind of balance it out. And that has been um, a little bit better for the Ottawa Senators. Mind you, they were either in 31st or 32nd in penalty kill percentage for a long time this season. So it's a low bar, but hey, it's an improvement. And that's the type of kind of attention to detail, defensive focused play that Jacques Martin wants this team to start getting into. And after scoring on their first power play attempt since the coaching change, the Sens power play is four for 46. Yeah. Clicking at about 7% right now. So I think that Shane Pinto, it can't be understated. And obviously he only played the one game. They went 0 for 3 against Philly, but one of them was cut short because Ottawa took a penalty. And otherwise, yeah, there's no real excuses. They didn't even get any grade A looks on any of their power plays, I felt, in the, in that game. But with Shane Pinto there, I noticed that Josh Norris is on that second unit now as the trigger man. I like the way Shane Pinto gets in front of the net and causes havoc. I'm hoping that the second unit can set the tone. Maybe a Chikrin shot from the point or Thomas Shabbat on the left side because I did notice it was Jake Sanderson up top on the first unit. They're trying to find something that works. But right now, the Sens power play, it's not good enough at all. You cannot continue. Like, it's great that they're taking a step forward at five on five. Now, you have to shift that and get that translating to the power play. I'm glad you mentioned the PK. That's all fine and dandy. You'd rather be breaking even zeros. And again, they did go two for four yesterday Philly did get or on a Sunday Philly did get two goals on the power play although one was the weird goal but yeah. that said I, I do feel more confident in the PK if I can say that about the power play I really think this team can go on a 10 12 extended run where they're winning a lot more than they're losing but especially against a team like the Habs there's no excuses why you cannot if you get the opportunity on the power play if Arbor Jack guy if other players on that team, Brendan Gallagher, say what you want about whoever else is on there, get running around. You have to take advantage. Montreal has the 29th ranked penalty kill in the National Hockey League. They're 0.2% better than Ottawa's. Like they're as yeah. bad. Make them pay if they take penalties. And like Ross, this power play, both units have the personnel and the offensive firepower to get it done. It's kind of it's kind of crazy that when you stack it up like that, that this team just cannot find success. So, yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, a good opportunity up against a weak penalty-killing team for this team to get things back on track when it comes to the man advantage. Mentioned off the top, seven straight wins over the Montreal Canadiens for the Ottawa Senators and the combined score, 35-17, to 17, I believe. I might be off by one goal here, one goal there, but it is 
Not math, guys. Com- it is the rivalry of a hammer and a nail. It just It's not close when these two teams have gotten together, but that almost makes me nervous in a sense, Pilsy, because you know that eventually the other shoe's going to drop. You can't go undefeated forever. And it's 36-17 to 17 as I tap dance to get you that stat as we get into a game day preview. I mean, Ross, don't don't tell the Edmonton Oilers he can't go undefeated for uh, forever. They're on a 13-game win streak. So it's the Senators only that's only seven games up against the Habs. They can pull out five more. I'm gonna pick up on that afterwards because I have a thought on what you just said. We'll get to that and more. This is Locked On Senators, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Mary J's. Mary J's is a locally owned cannabis dispensary in the Ottawa area. Started off with three best friends making a life-changing decision, and they worked hard, and they were dedicated, and now they have four stores in the Ottawa area and a store in Coburg. The Ottawa locations are Riverside South, Orleans, Greeley, and Russell. Mary J's offers the absolute best and newest products in the market with many new additions to the menu every single week. Mary J's has whatever you need, whether you're a rookie looking to try something new or a grizzled vet that already knows what they want. Mary J's offers competitive pricing. In fact, they will price match any store in Ottawa. That means you are guaranteed to get the best price around at a Mary J's location. Mary J's offers the best customer service around by having the friendliest bud tenders who are always ready to assist. One of the owners, Dashy, is an absolute beauty, diehard Sens fan. So go to one of the stores, say what up to Dashy, pick his brain about the Sens, and find out more about all the newest, latest, greatest products that Mary J's has to offer. Check it out today, guys. Four locations in Ottawa. It's Mary J's Dispensary. Today's episode is also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On to get you tickets to the big game, to all the games that you need to get to. And don't worry about booking in advance. Game Time has the last-minute tickets that you need, whether it's sports, music, comedy, or the theater. Killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. It's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind. The all-in pricing shows it up front, so you're not hit with all these fees afterwards. And buy your tickets with two taps. Bing, bang, boom. You're good to go. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money, so why not give them a try? Find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, hockey, baseball, concerts, comedy, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you can find the same tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. They'll literally give you money because it's not happening at game time. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account, and redeem code locked on L O C K E D O N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. All right, LZ, game the news to segment two. But before we move off of what you said about the Edmonton Oilers, winners of 13 straight heading into Monday night, 13 games is the longest win streak for a Canadian team ever. Like, were you surprised by that? 
No, I mean, 13 games is a lot, but you would think it would have happened uh, by now. Wait, 13 is the record or ties the record? It is. It passes the 1967-68 Montreal Canadiens, which I'm sure Habs fans are still talking about at the barbershop like it's yesterday, the way they talk about their history. But I was surprised. And 10 was the Oilers record. Like, they had Gretzky. Messier, Curry, all these guys, Paul Coffey and Grant Fuhrer, like 10 was the most they got consecutively. Actually, that's fair. I would have thought the Gretzky era Oilers would have had more than that. That's a fair point. Imagine Gretzky and Lemieux played together. I know it was a slip of tongue by me, but could you imagine? They never played together on Team Canada, did they? Yeah, well, uh, the Canada Cup. There was that famous goal, 87. Yes. 87, they played together. Um, Yeah, (laughs) that would have been. Wow, they would have got more than 10 wins in a row if it was that. But these these Habs and these Senators, I don't think they need to worry about going 10, 12, 13 wins in a row. Right, right now, it's... The Sens are on one win here. The Habs are not on one win. The Sens can start uh, start that streak. You got a 13-game win streak starts with two, Ross. Well, starts with one. Streak starts with two. They're on their start. way. Is two a streak? Three nah, is yeah, three is a streak. Three is a streak. Yeah. Yeah, well, today they can make it back-to-back. And again, it would be the first time this season that they get at least a point in four straight games if they are to get at least one tonight at the Bell Center. For the Ottawa Senators, it will be Shane Pinto's first game against Montreal. But could there be other lineup changes? Travis Hamanick only played five minutes and 23 seconds against the Philadelphia Flyers before leaving with an upper body injury. My suggestion would have been to take him out anyways. But do you switch up more than just put him next to Jacob Chikrin? Because we saw all the jumbled D pairs throughout the rest of the game after Hamannick left, and it felt like JBD was the number five or the bottom of the barrel. We know they, they like guys on their strong side, but now that Branstrom is, is in, you don't have to worry about that. Who plays the right side and who's playing with who for you tonight? Because again, we're recording this late Monday. We want to get you this early on a game day. And the way we can do that is by recording it before the morning skate. So we'll have all your updates at Send Central on Twitter. But as it stands right now, the Senators were off on Monday. So we are just using our own speculation here. So Pilsy, what would it be for you? I would go with uh, Shabbat, JBD, Sans- Sanderson, Zub, and then Chicken Brandy. I-, I think that's a good way to roll it out. I I don't think we've seen much of Chicken Branny this season. Uh, I think in a small sample size last year, uh, the numbers were very good, and I wouldn't mind seeing that. And look, Sanderson, Shabbat, and Chicken are your three best defensemen. Keep them on their left side. I don't, like for me, I just feel like that's that's the best way for this team to succeed. Um, and you know what? This is a good opportunity for Branny to show that hey, he says it all the time. I'm very comfortable playing on my offside and up uh, with a guy like Jacob Chikrin. I think that's a pair that could do well. Do you you have the stats for me? Those two guys. Yes, I do. Uh, Jacob Chikrin and Eric Branstrom have played 48 minutes together so far this season. Uh, While they're on the ice, they've scored two goals and they've allowed two goals in terms of expected goals. The numbers are pretty good for sure. Chikrin and Branstrom 57.7 expected goals for and against again small sample size though only 48 minutes i like that i'm kind of indifferent and within the flow of the game i'm sure shabbat and chicken will get some shifts together however the one thing i want to see continue is the pair of jake sanderson with artem zub yeah those two you gotta lock that and and you want to see like 
again, I cover Winnipeg. I see the Jets, and they've been really lucky in terms of zero injuries on the back end, Pilsy. They've had zero injuries on the back end this year, but they have two pairs that have played over 500 minutes together. Sanderson and Zub have played 340. Like they are so far back. So I just want to see a consistency that can allow these guys to develop the type of chemistry that all great pairs have from playing together for an extended period of time. So I'm hoping that Jake Sanderson and Artem Zub are attached at the hip for the next 10, 15, 20 games. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Ross, uh, do the Jets' D pairs, are they pretty well set lefty-righty? They are lefty-righty for the top two pairs, but Nate Schmidt for his whole career has been a right like a right side defenseman that shoots left. So the bottom pair has two lefties. Okay. Dylan Sandberg plays the left and Nate Schmidt plays the right, but their top two pairs, Morrissey DeMello, lefty-righty, and then D- Brendan Dillon on the left side and Neil Pionk. Yeah. So yeah. not only are they that, but they also have a stay-at-home and uh, offensive-minded. And interestingly enough, the offensive-minded guy plays a different side on both pairs. Whoa. Right? Morrissey on the left, Pionk on the right. Yeah, that's that's nice, uh, nice way to kind of balance things out. And, and that's the thing, Ross. Like, the Ottawa Senators right now are in that position. They, The top two pairs should be lefty-righty. And then the bottom pair, you can have two two lefties. But, I mean, they say, I say the bottom pair, not so much as a, like, a third-tier pairing, but... I think if you have it spread out like this, you can roll the lines a lot, and that's going to help guys like uh, Chikrin stay in the game, going to give Brandy a little bit more ice time, and not put so much pressure on uh, a JBD, a guy that's still kind of finding his form here. So I think if you do this, you can spread out the wealth on the D, just like Jacques Martin has done up front, and you can roll lines a little bit better and have those nice short shifts that Jacques Martin loves. We're going to get back to the game day preview. We've got our lookout player, locked on player, and we're going to take a look at the Sens lines. This is just pure speculation. We'd love to hear from you as well. Let us know who you would pair with who on the Sens blue line, assuming that Travis Hamannick comes out of the lineup after suffering that upper body injury. But I want to quickly go to the Bob McKenzie 2024 NHL draft rankings. To me, this signals the start of scouting season because Bob McKenzie is not doing this list for his own ego. He's not doing this list for his own personal gain that he can go back five years from now and say, look how smart I was. I knew this guy was going to go higher. No, he's doing this for one reason, and that is to get a sense of what the NHL teams are thinking. He pulls scouts for this. He pulls general managers, mostly scouts though, because at this point in the scouting process, the GMs are busy with their own NHL team. It's all about the amateur scouts and what they think are going to happen in terms of the order of the draft. And I also like this one because it sets the first like line in the sand, but there's still plenty of runway left for guys to move up and down. But this to me is the baseline is the foundation of what we're going to see at the end of June in Vegas. Number one, no surprise, Macklin Celebrini, a centerman from Boston. I like how Bob McKenzie said he's a lowercase Sidney Crosby. Doesn't want to put the pressure on him to be that offensively gifted work as well down low, but in terms of work ethic and all around play, it seems like you're not going to get your Connor McDavid, your Connor Bedard, your Austin Matthews, that type of superstar, uh, Nathan McKinnon, another one, but you're going to get that next level. So think Alexi Lafreniere as a centerman or one of those types of players. So not the best year to be dead last, but at the same time, I think he's going to be, it's better than drafting a, a big winger first overall. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I think Celebrini, he's he's a talented kid. I think whoever gets him, I don't think is going to be disappointed that they got him at first overall. 16 goals in 19 games as a freshman in college. Pretty good. Uh, Brady Kachuk at the same college at eight goals as a freshman, just to put it in perspective. In yeah, a full season. It's tough to score goals at the college level. So that's uh, that's definitely something to highlight there. Now, just quickly, Ross, uh, this is kind of my first. I'm dipping my toe in uh, the prospect pool here. This is my first look here. A lot of defensemen high in this draft in the first half of this first round. If you're the Ottawa Senators, that's what you want to hear. You're going to be in that first half, probably even first 10, maybe even higher. So you have an opportunity to draft a defenseman, even though, Ross, the Ottawa Senators have drafted quite a few defensemen in the first round recently. So they've had their swings. Um, not all of them have panned out. Some of them still kind of work, working away here. So it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. But if I'm the Ottawa Senators, I'm eyeing this draft as a chance to make a difference on the back end. And would you only draft for positional need, meaning a right shot defenseman or... If it's a top 15 pick, like we assume it is, are you just going to grab whoever the highest is on your head scouts list? Look, I'm going to preface this by saying drafting best player available is always the recommended strategy. You you don't, there's countless tales of GMs, scouts leaving guys on the table because they're like, oh, we already have this guy. And then this guy doesn't pan out. And the other guy they should have drafted ends up being a better player, et cetera, vice versa, however you want to slice it up. So if you don't draft best player available, you're you're taking a risk. But I do think at this point, the Ottawa Senators, like if they're going to do best player available, at least pick the best defenseman available. How about I, uh, maybe that's cheating Ross, but that's how I would do that. Even if obviously there's a premium on right shot defenseman, we just talked about it. The Ottawa center's left side is their strong side as of now. So you'd want a right shot defenseman, but I just think up front, they, there's almost no need for a center, a left winger or a right winger. Like it just, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to me. And this is the draft where you have an opportunity to get a defenseman based on Bob McKenzie's midseason ranking here. So I would like them to draft the best defenseman available. That's where I'll put my official statement, Ross. Seven defensemen in the top 14 on Bob McKenzie's list. So the guys yeah. who you're going to be keeping an eye out, Anton Cialalev, and I'm probably butchering that. He ain't coming to Ottawa. I mean, hey, new regime. Maybe they do draft Russians, but uh, a big left shot Russian defenseman who's six foot seven, 211 pounds already. Artyom Levshunov is a right shot defenseman. He goes to Michigan State. Um, he's a guy who I'm pretty interested in. He's Belarusian, but again, big body and, and can actually put the puck on net as well. And I mean, his, his numbers are, uh, are remarkable. I'll say as a, um, as a rookie defender or a freshman, that's the word I was looking for in college. So he's another guy, but the one who I'm circling is, is Zane Perrick. And I've mentioned yep. his name on this show before plays for the Saginaw spirit has 22 goals and 64 points in 42 games, leading the OHL among defensemen. And uh, he's a teammate with Jorian Donovan, too, down there. So he's a guy I'm looking at. And then Adam Juracek is going to be the last guy I mentioned today. And his brother was drafted top five last year by Columbus. Pilsy, Adam Juracek out for the season with an injury suffered at the World Juniors, so a wild card. Mm -hmm. But where he goes, but he was expected to be a top 10 pick before the injury. So a lot of interesting names on the list. The only other one I'll throw out as a forward Caden Lidstrom ranked fifth on this. 
enormous power forward. So I, I'm I'm excited to start digging into the um to the NHL draft here as we go on. Um, just for completeness' sake, Sasha Boisvert, Nodak, commit <laughs> next year. Yeah, but Ross, this is a new regime. I don't know if they have the Nodak ties like they used to. We're out of our Nodak era. I think we might be out of our Nodak era. All right. Well, we're into our Sens vs. Habs era game day preview next. This is Locked On Senators, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Sleeper. Guys, if you want to win 100 times your money, you can have a chance to do that by playing daily fantasy hockey on the Sleeper app. As the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, Sleeper is our top choice for daily fantasy sports, especially when it comes to puck. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. That's why you check it out on Sleeper. I love the Sleeper app because they got a great group chat function. You can tell all your buddies, hey, I'm going to have a big week. I, I'm seeing this week real clearly. I got the stars. Everything's going to go my way. You can talk some smack when you win, or you can uh, try to salvage it or spin zone it if it doesn't go your way. But entries can be made in less than one minute. That's what you like to see. Time is money. And with star players like Brady Kachuk, Claude Giroux, Jake Sanders, Drake Batherson, all you need to do is pick more or less on stats for these stars. Stats include goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. You heard me, Sens fans. 100 times payouts on Sleeper. So start paying attention and get your picks right so you could win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Locked On NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Only available for our friends in the States for now. It's game day for the Ottawa Senators taking on the Habs in Montreal. It's a 7 o'clock start, and of course, after the game, join us in the postcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment on YouTube, and tell a friend to subscribe as well. We go live after every single Ottawa Senators game, and the vibes, we vent, or we're doing just fine, like we did on Saturday, where they got a point. They played well, but they didn't get the result. Sends up points in three straight. The win over the Montreal Canadiens began a stretch of three games, where they then get the loser point against Winnipeg and the win in Philadelphia. The Ottawa Senators also got a boost from Shane Pinto, who had an assist in his debut, went 9-for-10 on the faceoff dot, and just brought the presence and consistency that the Sens have been looking for for a long time. Since we don't know the lines yet, we're just going off of the lines from Philadelphia. So I still have there at Philadelphia. That's because this is what we saw in that game. Of course, I flipped the goalies, though, because Eunice Corpusalo will start in goal. I'm as confident as I can be in saying huh. that. All right. Well, I mean, like, come on. He's playing. He played no, so I'm well. With you. I'm myself. just saying, I feel like every time we do a game preview, coaches listen in and they, like, Levy Marilinen will likely start this game now that Ross has said that. Stop. These were the lines up front. Josh Norris played with Brady Kachuk and Claude Giroux. Tim Stutzla centered Ridley Gregg and Drake Batherson. Shane Pinto was between Matthew Joseph and Vladimir Tarasenko. And Rourke Chartier was between Parker Kelly and Zach McEwen. On the back end, we've put it as such. Well, actually, this is what it was. I just put an asterisk beside Travis Hamanick. Sanderson, Zub, Shabbat, JBD, Chikrin, Hamanick, 
And we already talked about the goalies. Pilsy, who is your locked on player to watch? You know what? I'm taking the guy we have highlighted here. Number 57, Shane Pinto. I mean, he said it himself after uh, last game in the post post game presser. I think Ian asked him, like, is this kind of what you is this everything you'd hope for your debut? And he said, yeah, I, we get the win. First and foremost, he gets a point, even though it's on a weird one and it's on the mom's trip. So vibes are high. And that's what Shane Pinto brings. Uh, he's just one of the fellas. And I think him being back in this lineup will definitely give the Ottawa Senators a boost. Not that they needed it. They were able to beat the Habs easily without him in the lineup. So adding him should make it just a little bit easier. And Ross, we all love the storyline of Pinto versus Caulfield, don't we? We do. We also love the fact that Shane Pinto has five points in seven career games against the Montreal Canadiens. That's more points than he has against any other opponent. It's also the only team he scored more than two goals against. He's got three goals in those seven games as well, uh, averaging only 13 minutes and 40 seconds per game. So I think that Shane Pinto, this is the perfect second game for him to come in. So I love that you have him as your locked on player. I mean, I'm going to be like all Habs fans for a second. Allow me to wash my hands now. I'm going with Tim Stutzla because he's on the mind of every Montreal Canadiens fan. So he's on my mind as well. He's got nine points in his last five games. If this guy can continue putting in superstar level numbers for the next couple months, I'll be feeling a lot better no matter how the chips fall with the wins and losses. But when he's producing, the Senators are providing better results as it stands. What I would like to see Timmy really take the bull by the horns is on the power play. I've talked about it in the first segment, yep. but I'm going to reiterate it now. The Senators' best players have to be the ones that get them off of this tough stretch on the power play. Whether it's Tim Stutzla having a nice cross-seam pass that's a tap-in back door, or Brady Kachuk jamming in a rebound. Those are the types of goals I want to see to get the ball rolling because I do really feel, I feel it, Pilsy. If they get one on the power play tonight, they're going to get two. Yeah, I hope you're right. And, uh, this is a power play unit that it would feel even sweeter to get things going up against the Montreal Canadiens. And and look, the struggles on the road have been very obvious. So if you can not only get the power play boosted, but also continue to have success on the road, it'd be a refreshing uh, change of pace for this Ottawa Senators team and their fans. It certainly would, Pilsy. So that's how the Ottawa Senators, we expect them to line up in tonight's game. For Montreal, we didn't bother making a graphic for them. Not today. With all their changes as well as they did send, or they did rather recall Arbor Jackeye into the mix. We expect that he'd play. But um, other than that, there are some question marks going on for the Montreal Canadiens. We're not sure about Tanner Pearson's status, but here's how they lined up in their 9-4 to loss against the Boston Bruins. It was Nick Suzuki between Cole Caulfield and Uri Slavkovsky. It was Jake Evans between Josh Anderson and Brendan Gallagher. Sean Monahan between Joshua Waugh and Joel Armia. And Mitchell Stevens was between Raphael Harvey-Pinard and Michael Pizzetta. On the back end, it was David Savard with Michael Matheson. It was Jaden Struble with Caden Gooley. And it was Jordan Harris with Justin Barron, I believe. And uh, maybe I'll double check on here. Yes, Justin Barron has been down. There you have it. Um, And they also put Mitchell Stevens on waivers, which is why people are thinking that Tanner Pearson could fill that spot. And then things would shake around. So still in flux. And I don't know if you want to guess the goalie, maybe Samuel Montembeau. But last time we said Jake Allen, and it was a guy who didn't even dress the night before. So uh, give me a lookout player, maybe higher in the lineup, a guy who we know is going to be in the mix. (laughs) 
Okay. Well, you scratched my lookout player. I was going to go with Arbor Jack guy, but he's oh. probably, he's not high in the lineup, and uh, hopefully he will not be in the mix. So I will not go that direction. Uh, oh, you said higher in the lineup, so I can't go Brendan Gallagher. Uh, I don't know. I guess Cole Caulfield. He he had a goal last time, and and Ross. He uh, sorry if I took your guy. That's usually your angle, but no, he, no, no. I'm not going with that. But I will say he added. He's got goals in five straight games. Yeah, and he's one of those guys. There's a handful of players in the NHL when they have their puck on their on their stick in the offensive zone. You, he can make it happen like that. His shot is incredible. He's uh, he's a little dude, but man, he puts a lot of zip on that puck when he decides to release it. So it pains me to say, but you gotta want, you gotta be looking out for him anytime the Habs are in town. Uh, not, you didn't give me a lot of options, so I had to take the most obvious one. Whenever the Habs are in town, like in Montreal, Montreal is a town, so <laughs> I'm sticking <laughs> by that. No, no, no. I love it, Pilsy. Um, and with Cole Caulfield, have you ever seen a guy have five goals in five games and be minus four? Pretty impressive. Nice. <laughs> I'll go with Sean Monahan because right now a lot of Habs fans do. They're looking for the trade value back, and he's a guy who they got a first-round pick to take, which is just bananas to me because he's a good player. I know he's dealing with some injuries and they needed to clear up money and Kent Hughes credit to him. He took advantage of that situation. So yeah. it sounds like they might even get a first round pick back when they move him. So I'm going to be looking at Sean Monahan as well from a perspective of where could he, I see him fit. I know a lot of people in Winnipeg think he'd be a great fit here for a playoff mm, run, but yeah. make it only 1.9 million. Like I'm going to be really curious to see what his performance is like over the next 46 days here as we, uh, 45, as we near the uh, NHL trade deadline. So my lookout player is going to be Sean Monaghan of the, uh, of the Montreal Canadiens in this game. When we look at Sean Monaghan's season so far, 46 games, he's got 31 points as well. Uh, he had an assist in that 6-2 loss to Ottawa just last Thursday in his career against the Ottawa Senators. He has six goals, 17 points in 26 games. So my lookout player, Sean Monaghan. Yeah, I mean, if the Canadiens are able to get a first round for him at the deadline, getting a first rounder to take him, getting a couple seasons out of him, and and he's probably been a very important piece of that locker room as they're a rebuilding team trying to surround their young guys with veterans, and then being able to ship him back out to receive a first that's a tidy piece of business. You gotta, you gotta tip your cap to that. You got one key to victory for me, Pilsy. I'm looking for uh, power play myself to step up and score twice. Yeah. Okay. I'll let you have that one. Uh, for me, it's don't let the the clowns, the jesters that are Arbor Jack guy and Brendan Gallagher, don't let them get under your skin because. They don't bring much else to the table. So if you let them get under your skin, that's that's advantage for them. So just let them do their do their thing, take the penalties, and capitalize on the power play. So kind of a hand-in-hand hand, uh, keys to victory here, Ross, is get the penalties by baiting those clowns to take penalties, then make them pay on the score sheet by scoring on the power play. You heard it from Pilsy. Get the power plays and make them 
Hey, one thing I can tell you for sure is we'll have the postcast for you. We will yep. vent or vibe after tonight's game. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube and go hit the notification bell so you know when new videos go live. I've also noticed a lot of five-star reviews recently on yes. Apple Podcasts. Those really do go a long way to helping the show grow. People ask sometimes, how can I help? It's free. You guys do this every day. Well, you can go and leave a brief review or just five stars. Really does help the show grow. For Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been another edition of the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day.